Welcome to Lessons of a Former Pastor's Wife. My name is Amy Kennedy, and I will be taking the opportunity to walk you through the journey of my life and how I have kept my faith in spite of all of the challenges that have come my way. I got married in 1990 to a man who wanted to become a pastor, and we worked very hard, had two children, and in 1995, he became a senior pastor of the church that we were attending. He was in some form of ministry until 2015. Right around that period of time, we retired from pastoral ministry. And I say we because in many, many churches, when a church hires a pastor, they are getting two people for the price of one. And that's definitely what happened to me and my journey through the four churches that we were members of and pastoring. I hope that you will learn from the lessons that I have gleaned over the years. I've definitely felt like Job many times in my life. And as we explore all of the podcasts that hopefully you'll stick around for, uh, you'll understand a little bit more why I say I feel like Job in many areas of my life. I am truly blessed. God has gifted me with two amazing sons who are just a tremendous support and love in my life. So as we begin our journey together, I want to share with you from my heart how much I pray for this. I pray for each of you, even though I don't know you individually. And I pray that my story, although dramatic, could be a light for you and an understanding for you to be able to grow in your faith. I believe that it can be the hardest journey to grow in your faith with God when you are in pastoral ministry. Churches are a tremendous support. I love my church and I'm so thankful for all of the church people who have passed through my life uh, and who are still huge members of my life. But I can also tell you that those are the few. Most church people are just like you and I, we're struggling, we have addictions, we have issues, we have illnesses, and we are often the biggest offenders when it comes to slaughtering one another. I have personally been a victim of that many times, and I have searched my heart time and time again to ask God to reveal to me anyone that I have ever offended or I have ever slaughtered, and um, to be able to make amends for those times and to make it clear that that has never been in my heart. So I hope you will stick with me as I progress through these podcasts. I'm hoping to have some guests along the way and I would love to hear from you. If you have similar stories or you need prayer, I will include my email address in this podcast for you to reach out to me directly. So with that said, let's get started with lesson one. Welcome to lesson one in lessons of a former pastor's wife. 
I'm Amy Kennedy, and this is my story. I wanted to begin today with a couple of scriptures that have helped me through so many difficult times, and especially the time frame of my life that I'm going to be going over with you today. The first scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And I love that the NIV version of this ends that scripture with an exclamation point. So it means the old has gone, the new has come. Next, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then finally, the scripture that really got me through a lot of what I'm going to be talking to you about today is Luke 12, verse 7. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And you can go back and read all of Luke 12 to understand what that is talking about. Um, But for me, especially during the time that I'm going to be going over with you today, I needed to know that I was worth more than many sparrows. When I got married in 1990, I married a man who came from a very uh, respectable family. His father was a long-term pastor and highly respected in my family and across the United States in the um, church group that I grew up in. I remember on the day, the warm July day, that I was standing in the kitchen of my home church in Arkansas with my grandfather, who was going to be walking me down the aisle. Everyone else had gone, and we were standing alone. And my grandfather took a look out the open doors while I was still hiding in my wedding dress. He saw my soon-to-be husband turn back to me in a very Southern drawl and said, I never would have figured you would have got one so good. I know you might be shocked by this, but I did not take my grandfather's words as an insult. I come from a very humble family and we definitely did not believe that we deserved very much. Growing up in Arkansas, It's pretty hard to believe that you deserve very much. But I, in particular, had been someone who I believed no one really wanted, uh, abused as a child, molested at one point in time. I had a good upbringing, but it was still fraught with a lot of anxiety and issues. And I internalized all of those into beliefs that there wasn't really anything good in me. I went away to college, to a Christian college, because it was the furthest one away from my home. It wasn't because I had 
a particular desire to serve in ministry. I wasn't even sure if I understood God's calling on my life or even if there was a God. But I knew that I needed to get out of my grandparents' house and I needed to find a way in the world. I wasn't the type of little girl that ever expected to get married or have children. I didn't dream about a beautiful wedding day. So when my grandfather said that to me, I wholeheartedly agreed. And unfortunately, that set the tone for a lot of my life up until this point. So my husband and I got married and pretty quickly, about two years later, I had a beautiful son and two years after that, had another beautiful son. We both worked very hard to support him through the end of college and into his ministry opportunity that was coming. I remember during that time being exhausted. I had very difficult pregnancies. I had preeclampsia with both of my babies and lost a child between the two at four months pregnant, which was very difficult. My body had been through a lot, but we were very excited in January 1994 when our Second son was born healthy and strong, a little early because of my preeclampsia, but healthy. We got on with our lives. We worked hard. We got my husband through the last stages of college and took off to Northern Michigan for an internship. Yes, during this time, I was losing a lot of weight and I was very sick. I was throwing up all the time and it was easy for both of us to just believe it was due to exhaustion. So I wasn't going to the doctor. I wasn't taking care of myself. I had two babies to take care of and a brand new move from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way to Northern Michigan, where my husband was doing an internship. We worked hard in the church. We were really growing in our faith and he was excelling in his internship. I got a job at the church-sponsored daycare. Unfortunately, I continued to get sick and my sickness was dramatically affecting our ministry opportunities and especially his internship. I lost uh, probably close to 30 pounds that I couldn't afford to lose at the time because I was already extremely thin and um, just really bony. I kept calling in to work sick and I did get fired from the church sponsored daycare. After this, some well-meaning pastors and elders from Georgia came up to Northern Michigan to check on the internship. And I was called into a meeting with the senior pastor, my husband, and one of the elders. And I don't remember anyone being unkind to me, but the overwhelming reason for the meeting was to share with me that 
I was affecting my husband's internship. I was clearly not handling my time alone with my sons well. And I needed to basically give up my own feelings and support him. It was believed that I was suffering from a mental condition at that time and that my mental anguish of being moved so far and having two children and getting fired from the daycare had caused a lot of alarm and problems with my husband's internship. I wholeheartedly believed that what I was being told was true. Because you have to remember, this was a girl who didn't believe she deserved the man that she married. This is a girl who didn't believe she deserved anything good. And I wholeheartedly believed I was making myself sick on purpose to ruin his opportunity in ministry. I am sure any of you who have an ounce of wisdom right now are probably thinking to yourself, why didn't you go to a doctor? I had reached a point in my health where it really did affect me mentally. My mind was telling me that I was faking it and that if I could just press on through, everything would be fine and we would get back down to Georgia where he had a full-time job waiting for him. I could not control the throwing up. I could not control the weight loss. I could not control losing my eyesight. I could not control the fainting spells, but I somehow believed that I was the problem. And that if I could conquer my mental issue of being alone and being sad and missing my friends and family, that we would get through this and I would be fine. I had the opportunity to spend a couple of days with my aunt and uncle who lived fairly close. I know they were very alarmed for me during that time, but I did not tell them that my vision had pretty much tunneled down and I did not tell them how much weight I had truly lost during that time. So. I kept reassuring my aunt and uncle who loved me very much that I was fine and that I just needed to get back to our apartment with my two sons. My husband was on a hunting expedition with the senior pastor and some members of the church and he was in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So my aunt reluctantly took me back to our apartment when my husband was expected to come home that evening. Unfortunately, high winds closed the bridge and he was forced to stay with the members of his team on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and did not come home that night. That night, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old to take care of, almost one. He was 10 months old at the time. I could not see I was throwing up devastatingly. I did not realize my face had swollen. And that morning I had just enough energy to change two poopy diapers and throw a box of Cheerios on the table 
open. And that's what my husband came home to, was me passed out on the couch with the two babies not cared for. He called my aunt, she immediately came over, took the boys, and he rushed me to an immediate care where they found that my blood pressure was off the charts high. The doctors put some medicine under my tongue, my blood pressure came down, and they told me to go home. Here I was, a very young woman in my early 20s, and I was about 110 pounds. I'm very tall, so that was very, very low weight. And they sent me home with high blood pressure, uh, even though I didn't have any background of high blood pressure outside the preeclampsia that I had had. They did give my husband the permission to bring me back if I worsened, and I did worsen as the day went on. And this time they hospitalized me. And in that hospitalization, I found out that I had 4% functioning of my right kidney and 0% functioning of my left kidney. And I was very close to death. I was going through in-stage renal failure, stage four. Immediately, I was put on dialysis and my life of hemodialysis, peritoneal dialysis, and other forms of dialysis began. And that lasted for four and a half years. Now I wanna pause at this moment and say to all of you, if you have the thought process that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve good things, you could easily find yourself in a desperate situation like I did. I want to encourage you today in this verse, Luke 12, 7. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I know that there are a lot of other verses out there that build confidence and help me understand who I am in Christ. But this verse spoke to me so much because this is a period of my life that I would love to be able to tell you immediately after this, I found my own worth. I believed good things about myself. I felt justified, but that's just not the truth. You don't change your thought process of yourself overnight. The daycare that fired me sent me flowers and huge apologies. The pastors who had encouraged me to um, consider my own mental health were highly apologetic. Uh, no one meant to harm me. And it was never on anyone's radar that what I was going through was physical, not mental. Um, now, whenever I say not mental, I couldn't control the physical outcome. And I had convinced myself mentally that I could. So I want you to learn from my experience here that it took me probably close to 20 years 
to find my own worth, to realize I am valuable. I am worth more than many sparrows and that God has numbered all of the hairs of my head. And he has a purpose for me, Amy Kennedy. He had a purpose for me then. What I went through at that time spoke to so many people. There are people across the United States who stopped doing what they were doing and started praying for me. The word got out amongst all of my friends and family and church members, and I felt so supported and so loved. Uh, Financial blessings came in. Uh, I know I've never been able to truly thank all of the people who blessed us financially during that time. Uh, The prayers that followed me uh, in my years of, of dealing with my health from then on were so valuable. And the very people who had been critical of my response to moving to Northern Michigan were the very people who ended up being the greatest support in my life. I never believed anything good was in me. So I didn't have the power inside myself to be angry with anyone. Uh, I didn't have the power inside myself to be angry with God. Um, To this day, I have lived a life that is very, very difficult. And yet I still don't have the strength inside of myself to blame God, which I find truly good. If you're blaming God right now for your situation, I want to encourage you to lean into him. I don't believe that there is a reason for everything that we go through. But I do believe that we can make the best out of everything we go through. And every experience we have is a testimony. Every experience that we have in our lives, good or bad, caused by ourselves or out of our control, is something that we can use to help someone else. So I want to encourage you today to think about what you've listened to in my podcast and my first lesson. I did eventually get a kidney transplant. That's a story for another podcast. I would love to tell you again that I magically changed my thought process about myself, but that's a story for another podcast because a lot of what you will hear in my stories has to do with my own thought process and my own belief system in who I am and who God made me to be. I hope you have been encouraged by my words today and By no means do I want you to walk away from this podcast angry or thinking that I'm a fool. This is my story. This is what I went through. I handled it in a way that you may not have handled it, but that's okay because you have your story and you have the things that you've gone through. So I want to encourage you to email me if you want to communicate. Um, I'm very well aware how foolish I was at this time in my life. So I would ask you to refrain from being critical if you can, but if not, I can take it. 
my love and blessing to you all. And I look forward to telling you about the next chapter in my story.